Welcome back to Sweat Grime, everybody. It's your host, Brian, and we have Rick and Matt both on because, as we talked about last week, Matt is the official third chair. What's going on, guys? It's Welcome awesome. to be here. Super, super exciting. So tonight's topic we were discussing, um, we're going to start talking about how do you have a difficult conversation with your superior, whether it's your foreman, your superintendent, uh, how do you kind of approach that situation and how do you handle it in a professional uh well, let's be honest. This is the trades. It's not always the most professional way, but it's the accepted way on the job, I should say. Yep. So, um, you know, Matt, you're sitting right here in front of me. Why don't you fire off? Like, do you have any situations where you have had a run in with a with a superior that has been handled on the job? Oh, man, I've had numerous uh, scenarios that I've ran into, you know, over the years, you know, depends on what the job is. You know, sometimes you can just let it roll. If it's not really in the public eye, you know, it's a ground up or whatever. The owners aren't around, uh, not too many trades working around each other. But, you know, when you're in, like, let's say a hospital setting and you have the people, the staff that actually work the hospital there, you have a rude foreman that just pushes forward and doesn't give a shit about what anybody else thinks. It's just he's there to do his job and his job is the highway. You know, everybody else has to just back out and you just got to, you know, you see it. You got to take it in and just kind of watch how you can approach them, you know, to make things better. Uh, I lost my train of thought, man. It's all right. It's all right. So, Uh, so let's say you had a run in with one of your superiors. We've been having a rough night. Just fair, fair warning, everybody. Like we're, we're working on some tech details and everything. It's been a, it's been a shitty evening for us. My brain's fried. (laughs) Brain's fried. Yeah, it is. It's been a long day for everybody, but um, no, you were talking about, uh, having those conversations like the appropriate time and setting. But uh, I would say, when have you had a run in with a superior? Like you've had some asshole superior, whether it's a foreman or superintendent, how did you handle that conversation knowing that it was going to be a difficult conversation? Man, this is a tough one. My brain just went South. Uh, So, you know, just, you got to feel them out. You know, if it's a difficult situation, you know, it's hostile. uh, You got to approach it with a way that you're not going to, uh, create more hostility on the job site or create an issue that you can't get out of or just makes it worse. So, you know, I've, I've had over the years, I've had multiple foremen, all different trades working for me and I'm the superintendent. I got to walk around and make sure everything's, you know, everyone's jiving, everyone's working together. Uh, you know, sometimes they don't. And when you got the difficult situation to pull them away, you just gotta, you know, feel them out in a hole, like see where their mind's at, see if it's going to go south. And you just got to approach them with a demeanor that, you know, you mean business, but like maybe approach it as, you know, a person, you know, instead of a worker, you know, kind of like get into their brain and kind of figure it out. And just, man, I'm losing words. It's all right. You want me, you want me to run with the ball? Yeah, you run with it, man. I, I've, I'm, I'm done podcast. So- it, what's that? It's just one of those podcasts. It yeah. is. It's going to be one of those podcasts. It's we're just going to fumble deal. through it today, and we're going to have yeah, a good day. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be all right. We're going to make edit it. edit all that out. <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus. a lot easier said than done. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, it, but at the same time, like you literally have been building a deck all day, correct? Yes. I've been out in the elements. You fell into the swamp today. Or the I fell or into something? a swamp. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that was today. That was today. That was at <laughs> lunchtime why, today. Dude, he's, it, he's still mind-bowing. He can't one. get so the I'm a hunter. out. All these other fools that I'm hanging out on this podcast, they don't hunt. So, you know, they're like, let's meet at 630. I'm like, that's like prime Matt, hunting time. Anyways, I hunt at Myers. Uh, exactly. You go to the meat market. That's gosh, right. So anyway, so I'm sitting there. I found a little time to get away from the deck and uh, I wander down to this little nice little river that flows on the backside of the property that the homeowner gave me permission to hunt. And I'm setting up my climbing sticks and there's a couple vines in my way. So I start climbing up. I grab onto the vine. I bring it to the ground. So I'm on the ground, thank God. And I'm right on the river's edge. And I start pulling and it's come down easy. One got snagged, so I ripped it hard. And next thing you know it, I'm face face first into the water. You done messed up, A.A. <laughs> oh, I did indeed. It was great. But you So know you were what? soaked all the way through? Oh, like head to toe. Oh, and nice. thank God my cell phone was up at the deck jamming some music. So, you know, but so I wander up the hill and I look up and there's the picture window of the homeowners and it was lunchtime. So I didn't see them there, but 
they saw me walk down to the river. They kept an eye on me, and all of a sudden, they saw me go swimming. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah, it sucked. But did you, you know finish what? rest gotta, of the day out, or did you? Did you go? Oh home? yeah. Oh, I, I just took off my top layer and everything. Kind of just it was sixty-one degrees, which was beautiful. Thank God. So got some naked, you know. You know, hot tot was uh, getting down in the driveway. Hot tot. Love it. So yeah, I had some. Uh, I was pretty itchy earlier. That's awesome. So, um, so Rick, why don't you run with the ball for a minute? So, uh, how would you address a difficult conversation with like a superior? If you're in a situation where you're just button heads, you're really having some run-ins, how would you approach that situation? I mean, I, I guess I'd go, I'd, I'd reevaluate it, right? I'd see what kind of, what kind of topic we're actually talking about and how deep the conversation is going to go with who you're approaching. You know, if it's, you caught the guy on the bad day or if it's something that could be blown off after work or after hours kind of thing and just kind of let it stew. Cause a lot of, a lot of people react. I was a person that used to react, uh, quick, you know, so <clears throat> you, you learn to walk away and blow some steam off. And sometimes when you calm back down, you start to realize, you know, was it a big deal? Was it not a big deal? Was it something that was directed toward me or was, you know, the guy caught right into the moment. And then, I mean, I kind of slowly progress, you know, that way. Then I'd, I'd walk right up to the guy and say, "Hey, can I can I talk to you?" And pull him aside and find the right time. Don't just, you know, start confrontation right there and then there when you're pissed off and right in the middle of the job because you don't know if there's, you know, other CEOs walking through or some investors walking through. I mean, you know, it could have just been a big quick communication and then. You know, set a time after work. Don't do it on company time when you're getting paid. And that's where, I mean, I would first start and then have a sit down. Maybe you could go to lunch. I mean, lunch is a great time to have a conversation with almost anybody. So who doesn't like to eat and talk? Because most people, when they eat, they get happy anyways. So um, lunch would be a great time to talk. Coffee in the morning. Just start hashing it out. Just, you know, don't beat around the bush and drag the conversation out forever, but just say, Hey, you know, I, I, uh, didn't react right then and there cause I wanted to take it and I wanted to process it and kind of hopefully put it in terms and, you know, address the conversation, the elephant in the room and get it out. I mean, that's, that's part of being a adult here in the construction construction industry. Yeah, and having a guy with an attitude on a job site can ruin a job site Absolutely. in a second. It can turn yeah. it south. You know, and there's and there's you know, you got a couple different um layers, terms, you know, of foremans or bosses. And I got just a couple things here, you know, you got the slacker, so when, I mean, we could all relate in any of the field trades, you have dealt with a boss that's a slacker. You know, someone that spends Monday through Thursday online shopping or Amazon and or Facebook and taking the longer lunches, you know, or playing on the phone and yet not dedicating their time to the job or the attention and details or the tools or the material delivered on the job and you know, they just kind of brush it off. And I mean, some of that stuff will kind of irritate you, even though you want to call them out and, you know, just have this powwow of why you should be the next person. I mean, you know, it's the hard work and the conversations. And then you got the, you know, you got another kind of foreman out there that, you know, you got to realize when you're talking to these people who you're addressing. I mean, some of these people are um, ticking time bombs, you know, that they might be a productive kind of person, you know, whether they're answering emails or they're way ahead of the schedule, but they're ready to grab whatever at that time. Cause they're so far under stress that they're just going to, they're going to flip it any second. So if you spark that conversation right then to there, I mean, you're liable just to, you know, start pummeling somebody just the yeah. way that they come out at you with, it's just this big wham and start yelling at you. Not not that the guy's not doing his job and he's very well at doing his job, but, you know, you got to sometimes tread lightly on some eggshells because that's your boss, you know, and then you also get the people that are just like maniacs, you know, that just all the rules apply to everybody but themselves. So they'll tell you, you got to do this and you got to do that, but 
you know, it doesn't apply to me. So they kind of just blame everything on. And that's the kind of stuff that I think some of you people need to start realizing who and what your boss's role is or foreman, you know, or the guy that's just run the job. Like, where do they kind of fall in category? Is it someone that comes around and, you know, when you're having a bad day or they see something that's going on and they just stop by to have that good conversation and say, how are you doing and what's going on? And, you know, I noticed um, you're not being as productive today or do you have the guy that's just going to emotionally come by and beat you down and um, drag it, drag this conversation of you're just this horrible piece of shit worker because last week you're killing it, this week you're not. I mean, so, I mean, there's just a couple of the conversations Things happen like at home. That. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And this so, is this is home away from home. So you, unfortunately, you drag your personal life to work, and sometimes you drag work home, right? So that's the that's just the kind of stuff that you got to start setting aside is you know home life and work life. I used to drag work home when I got more into the foreman position, man, and it would really drag our relationships down. You know, dreading over everything. Oh, most definitely, you know, and that's where like you guys have been working for one, one entity, you know, the, the construction field, you know, and you were working under foreman. I never have had that experience. I was always the superintendent running multiple trades and the foreman and then their guys are all working under me, Yeah, you know? So that's kind of where my brain, I kind of sidetracked, got lost for a minute there, but you know, I, yeah, I walk in every day, you know? feel out the, you know, feel everybody's, you know, rhythm, see how it's going. And if I see something that's off and, you know, and it's because somebody's putting just too much pressure not helping out, you know, not teaching the guys underneath them, you know, not being a good foreman, uh, you know, you got to be, you know, there for the guys, like you're not there to work. You're there to oversee plan, look ahead for the guys. And if you're not doing that, it makes everybody that's working under you life miserable yes you know and then when you're far less productive yeah correct so that's kind of where i was trying to find where i would tackle this and it was kind of you know if i saw something that was off so what you're saying is that was a gentle humble brag that you've never not been a foreman (laughs) yeah yeah i just i guess i I don't know how to relate to this situation i jumped i'm I'm like i'm on that same level as you guys (laughs) yeah Fucking peons. Yeah, right? Gosh, you know, I sat up on my throne and just looked down on yeah, you guys. Yeah, I don't know what it's like yeah. to be on that level. Foot up on my desk in the job trailer, watching <laughs> yeah. you guys move the dirt around, fuck but, everything up and just leave and then make it mess for everybody the next time. <laughs> and that's, that's but, interesting that you started out at the top, right? So a lot of the people out in the field in that enter the trades, they start out at the bottom, just being the yeah. grunt. And I did. You know, I did you all know, that, just they, not in... Yeah, they just worked their way up. And I mean, from dealing with the journeymen to the foremen to the superintendents. And I mean, they start kind of grasping what does work and what doesn't work and how some of the more successful people, you know, that became a supervisor, superintendent would handle the situations. I mean, the camaraderie would just be ecstatic if you were working for so-and-so and they were running this job and when things hit the fan they took it upon themselves to address it and handle it in a professional manner and a lot of the a lot of the trades i mean we have a pretty diverse crowd some of us are pretty rough you know so you know they weren't they weren't too far from throwing haymakers you know what i mean well and that's what i was gonna say there there is a lot of dynamics at play uh when it comes to addressing a superior depending on the situation. So uh, one of them is what is the situation? You know, is it, are you a total rookie to the crew and you've got an issue because he's talking down to you? Cause I can tell you right now, that's, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but these are the fucking trades and that's the way people talk a lot of the times. Yep. And you got to have thick skin and I'm not saying you get shit on every day and be okay with it. But at the same time, if you are getting your feelings hurt because they're not talking to you in, in a kind way, uh, Maybe this isn't the role for you. It um, is because what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You're not going to be able to go someplace else. And, um, you know, there, there are foremen as well that their only method of communication is to scream and yell. And I've worked under a couple of them. And I can tell you there are situations where it is totally appropriate to buck right up at them. 
uh, and get right back in their face. But but I will say as a new guy, sometimes they respect site, you when you do that. And that's ultimately where I'm going with my yep, story. Sorry. So you have to be able to. What I will say, this is not something that you step up and bow right up at somebody the first couple times that it happens. You need to be able to fucking read the room and you need to be confident in in what you're about to do because that's it's definitely. a great way to get yourself fired too. Um, but I did have a superintendent that I worked for. Uh, I had worked for him for, oh, probably about five months at this point in time. And he was just one of those guys that only knew how to communicate by screaming. Uh, he was never fucking clear with his original instruction. It was only in we- it was only when you went and fucked up because you didn't know what the fuck you wanted yeah. that he would come scream at you, and then you go, "Oh, so that's really what you actually wanted?" Yeah. Right. Think that's and, the communication uh, line. Oh, communication <laughs> in the trades. That's, and that's, so that's key. a whole topic of communicate, or yeah. that's a whole topic yeah. for a podcast, right? You there. know, yeah. you know the communication line when you're talking about the shitty foreman. If he, you're not getting a peep out of him. You're doing good, but if you see like tools or hard hats or something or someone that you can't see, but that you white can truck hear comes them. ripping up and yeah. the door flies open and he's red in the face. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's when you know you got a problem. Your shit. <laughs> and that's the way this guy was. So, uh, like I said, I worked for him at this point for like four or five months, uh, and and this was when I was learning to run a loader. And so for the first four or five months, I kept my mouth shut. I sucked it up and I took it. Uh, because at the end of the day, I, I was learning. It was a very hard road to hoe, but I was fucking learning. And, uh, but there finally came a day, uh, we were on a road job in one of the busiest areas in Detroit. It was rush hour traffic. We had a road crew running and I was bringing P stone across two lanes of live traffic with my loader with the side dump bucket. So it's not like you could move really quick because you dump P stone all over the road. That causes a whole other fucking issue. And, um, and so I'm waiting for them to lay out this next section of edge drain, which for those of you in trades that are not dirt work, uh, edge drain is basically it's drain tile. Like you would have in, in the basement of your home or something. Uh, it's just corrugated pipe and, and they put it under the road so that it drains water away from underneath the road. And what happens is you lay it in a trench with fabric that you put pea stone down, they put fabric over top and then it gets stoned right over top. And, uh, so I was waiting for them to get the next run of of edge drain done, and my foreman calls me, and he's standing, I don't know, 30 yards out in front of me, so I can see what he's doing, and he's like, go get some fucking P-Stone. I'm like, for what? Like, we're not we're not to that step, Yeah. and I'm crossing two lanes of, of rush hour traffic right now. Like, I can't do anything right now, and he, you know, instead of explaining to me in a kind way of, hey, there's a section back here. He blows up. God damn it. There's a fucking section back there. God, go fucking piece on that. I don't want you, you fucking know that. It, right. Yeah. And, and again, this is still very much me learning how to run the loader and learning how to think like a loader operator. So I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't even think about this section that's, you know, 400 yards behind us or whatever. So I turn around and I go get piece stone and I'm flying. I'm ripping. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I don't half-ass it. Like, I'm going to go do it. And so I'm ripping through traffic. I'm cutting through traffic. I'm shoving my way in with my loader bucket and everything. And I end up flying four or five buckets of P-Stone in in a very short amount of time for what I was having to go through and what I was having to fight through. That being said, I'm not spilling any P-Stone in the middle of traffic. I'm not fucking up any cars. Like, I'm doing a fucking awesome job. And he calls me again about 10 minutes later and goes, what the fuck are you doing? I fucking told you to go get P-Stone. I said, Don, and it, again, this is four months in with him ripping me a new asshole every day. I said, Don, I've been getting P-Stone. I'm on my fifth bucket right now coming through traffic. I told you to bring fucking P-Stone here. And at this point, like, I'm already stressed to the max because I'm going through live traffic. I'm fighting all these elements. He's the one being unclear. And he's telling me, I told you to bring P-Stone here. <laughs> I said, Don, you told me to go get fucking P-Stone and P-Stone that run behind me. And that's exactly what I did. If you want me to bring fucking P-Stone up to where you're at, you can fucking tell me that so that I know what you're talking about. And I hung up on him. This is a superintendent of the job. But I was like, that's where I was at with this conversation is, fuck you. If you want P-Stone there, tell me you want P-Stone there. Don't tell me go do something else and then think I'm going to read your mind when you're ready for me up there. (laughs) From that day forward, I had his respect. He didn't talk to me like that again. We didn't have any more run-ins. He would come over and ask my opinion on how we should approach the situation instead of flying off the handle at me. So all that to say, in certain situations, again, you need to be able to read the room. 
in certain situations, and especially with some of the old timers, you will actually gain their uh, their respect yeah, by bowing definitely. back up at them. You know, they're waiting for someone to stand up because that's in their eyes a sign of you know authority and leadership. They got this. Yeah, like yeah. okay, he knows what he's doing. He's going to take care of it. And so uh, that was a real revelation to me because, uh, as many of you know, I've talked about it on here before. You know, I came from the white collar world and then moved into the blue collar world. Like those conversations don't fucking happen in the white collar world. No. You do not bow up at your superior or you're right out the you're gone. right out the door. So uh, that was a real revelation to me that you know, in the right scenario. Uh, you absolutely can, and in certain circumstances, you absolutely should bow up to that guy and give him a piece of your mind, and then fucking hang the phone up. Let him cool off. There's Let him time, come to terms with what's really going that. on. What's that, Rick? I says there's a time and place for all that at the right time. Absolutely, you know? but again, read the room because you can get yourself into some trouble if you just decide that's how you're going to handle it. Yeah, you may not have a paycheck. Absolutely. Next now. These people are out there busting their ass, dude, in the, you know, extreme weather from heat to cold. And, you know, I think as they're so concentrated on busting their ass and so focused, it's so easy for someone to just fly off the handle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, tensions are always high on job sites, especially, I can't even say especially dirt jobs because it's in the building trades as well. When you've got these big projects with big timelines and you've got deadlines you have to meet or you the get second you start, you're already or, behind. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you got tensions me are walking high. down the hallway yelling at you to yep. get going. Yeah. You know, we got to fucking move. Uh, you know, so you do, again, going back to what was said earlier, like you do have to recognize you are in the trades and you're not always going to get a nice, polite talking to. You don't get the little. Hey, pull over here to my truck real quick. I want to talk about something. Instead, it's generally handled in a, what the fuck? You just set us back a day because you're being an idiot. Okay. Well, yeah. I didn't know I was being an idiot. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. you do have to have that thick skin, but I will say too, um, we are in a really, really unique time in the trades right now to where you as an employee don't necessarily have to put up with the bullshit that a lot of us did uh, for, for years and years. Because there are so many open positions There's another right now door that opens. That absolutely. And I do want to say, you know, kind of the caveat to this is please do not be one of those guys that fucking job hops every two weeks. You're going to you're going to burn yourself out of the industry if you do that. But at the same time, unless you're really good, you better be fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you don't have to put up with shit at the end of the day with where we're at in the trades right now. If you have one of those foremen that absolutely just runs everybody into the ground, he's an asshole. He won't communicate. And then when he does finally communicate what he wants, it's only after he's come down the pipe and screamed at you. Don't be afraid to fucking walk yeah. there. There yeah. are so many jobs out there. Don't be afraid to walk. You don't, you don't have to take the hazing and the disrespect and the foremans that just don't care. I mean, yes. especially if it's not your fault. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's, again, that's a great point right there. If it is your fault, fucking then, own it. Yeah, Don't try to make own excuses. Up to it. Be a man. Own it. Learn yes. from your mistakes. You got, you got to realize, though, the tough job, you know, some of these tough jobs do take tough men. Yes. You know, you, I, I don't see somebody that's a wussy climbing, you know, a tower to set and erect beams like the iron workers do. Yeah. You know, you could you could have a boss that's like in the CrossFit and he's all big and bad and tough, but he ain't going to go shimmy up the, you know, the pole. <laughs> right. Set this shit 500 feet up in the air swaying around. Not yeah. You know, it it takes a certain yeah. person. So could you imagine being like one of those iron workers up in the air setting all that stuff with the rigging in the cranes and you come down to like a boss that, you know, or the estimator you come out to and he's like in CrossFit and he's like rattling on how you just ain't cutting it or something dude and you're yes. swaying around 500 <laughs> foot up in the air like, don't fuck yourself. i will say just kind of touching back to what we were just on um just i want to circle back because it is an important point if you really want to earn respect in the trades own your mistakes um nothing will make you angrier as a as a supervisor that when you have an employee who has clearly fucked up, it's clearly his fault, yet he's gonna sit there and finger point and blame everybody else and make excuses as to why it's not his fault. Oh yeah. Fucking own it. Because that gets you respect. Look, I'm sorry, I totally fucked up. That won't happen again. Right there, your superior goes, Okay, we've learned the lesson, we can move forward. 
Yep. But when you start finger pointing, that tells your your superior, this guy didn't learn jack shit. All he's going to do is do it again and then continue to point, you know, blame everywhere else. So and that's another really important the job. Horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not not every company is a fit, though. I mean, you could still be in the same industry, and it's yeah. just it's oh, just 100%. not working there. And the owners in love with the superintendents that are out there, and they're not going to change, even yeah. though you like what you're doing, you're good at. I mean, you don't have to stay there just because of the situation. You could remove yourself and employ somewhere else and have a phenomenal career and not oh, yeah. take all the bullshit. Oh, I've been on jobs that my project managers, project engineers, everybody in the office, you know, they just kind of left the job to me to just do whatever. And they just sat back and, you know, enjoyed yeah. that I was doing a good job. And yeah. at the same time, I'm looking for them to help me. Right. But they just kind of sat back. And when shit hit the fan, pointing fingers right at me. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, you weren't here. I right. called you at this time. I called you at that time. Right. You call me at nine o'clock, you know, in the morning. I'm like, I'm running the job. I don't have time to talk. So, you know, once you, if you can get on the same page, bring them to, you know, level ground and explain them what's going to help you that can help the whole job or help the whole team. Cause at the end of the day, everybody on a job site, it's a team, you yeah. know, it's not just a one man wrecking ball. You know, if one bad apple, you know, it can ruin a whole job. And if you're not all working together, it, it just, it's, you're going to fail. So there's, you know? There's two things there that are really important. Uh, obviously, we talk about it all the time, and I just want to reiterate, communicate. communicate yeah, communication communicate, is communicate, key. Communicate, communicate, and we don't do it enough in the trades, and and that's really a, a foundation for a lot of the problems that we have. The other thing I want to communicate, too, is, and this is a really good topic that we can kind of go if we want to mine this vein, Um knowing when to move on from a job is a really important thing to have and it's very difficult to do almost definitely yeah most most people get stuck in a rut of you know i've i've been at this company and they've done some things for me in the past to help me out and you know so you i don't feel really, obligated to you stick feel obligated around. to stay absolutely and you know i was talking to a guy the other day that you know they worked with him with his you know court appointments for for his kid or whatever um and so you know he's sticking around at this job that doesn't pay fantastic and he could probably go down the road and make more but at the same time they worked with him and he feels bad and i go you know i, I want to be respectful of the guy because if you like what you're doing you like what you're doing Most stick definitely. with it you know money is not everything that's a that was really the grass important is not lesson. always greener it's not on the other side but at the same time if it's not the job if it's not the career you want know when to know when to cut your losses and move forward especially in this job market because everyone's hurting for skilled tradesmen, you could absolutely have a job down the road that's going to pay you, you know, 10 bucks an hour or more. You're going to have better working conditions. You're going to have better hours, but you have no idea that job even exists because you're so narrow focused on this job because you have that kind of guilty obligation. And that's an important thing that people, uh, even in the white collar world, don't really recognize. They do in theory, but when you're actually in a situation, you don't really recognize. At the end of the day, Companies will do nice things for their employees, but the company's best interest is for the company. Yep. And so the second it doesn't make sense to do a favor for you, or if it makes sense to cut you loose, guess what? That company doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, oh. they're nice. They Don't get me wrong. They've done some really nice things for you in the past, but at the same time, they are there to make the company money. And so the flip you know, the, the inverse of that also needs to be true. You can have a really good relationship with your employer. You can be on really good terms with them. But at the same time, you need to be interested in what you're doing. And your where best you're going with your career. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not getting the pay and the benefits and the pension that you want. And or then, learning or growing. And, and learning and grow. Absolutely. Just moving forward in your career. If you are stuck in a dead-end job where you're making shit wages go move move on because there are better things out there and you're not doing the company any tremendously great harm but when you do move on move on in a way that you don't burn a bridge absolutely Thank so you. important you never burn I a bridge that's the exciting times right now though as we talk about all this back when we were all starting out it was kind of like a gauntlet out there there wasn't as many opportunities and uh 
performance and the people that you worked with were a lot more bold, a lot more rude until you came into like that brotherhood. But, you know, I think you also have to realize, though, just as much as like this company is holding you accountable and the foreman's holding you accountable, it, I don't want to say in a bad way, but you got to hold your foreman and company accountable, too. Well, you know, is that what's putting you in the, you know, the risk zone of like not having the proper PPE or, you know, a, a foreman just blowing up on you and it wasn't your fault. You didn't have the right gaskets or the right tools to get the, the right job tool for done. the job. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they, and they want to basically report that and go back. Well, you know, so-and-so didn't do this or didn't do that, you know, and, and it was like, well, no, you, you fucking dropped the ball too. And that's when people got to start realizing they're holding you accountable doing their job. But as you do your job, you have to take a step back and kind of hold them accountable too. I mean, we're, we're building something from nothing here and it takes, it takes teamwork and a communication and the deadlines, you know, that we're trying to meet out there against the elements every day. Um, it's not, it's not just a one rule does fit all. And I think that's a lot more of this exciting part about today's technology and the world and the industries is you're starting to see a lot more employers start not just, it's just for me anymore. They're starting to give out, you know, um, better things for their employees, whether it's incentives or bonuses or a little more time off or trying to offer some insurance. And they're starting to go, man, all these people that we've been holding accountable forever and just trying to belittle them on a wage and just offer the bare minimum, they're starting to have to cough up certain stuff to keep good people around oh, yeah. and the help around. So, you know, and I think it's been a hard stand for a long road down the road, but people holding everybody accountable. I mean, that's why the union was so great for a lot of people that got into it, but in the private sector, you know, you didn't have anything of that. So you're starting to see a lot more of these private sectors come up with insurance and they're starting to maybe go down to four tens here and there. And they're starting to have like a mental health day for a couple of people that, you know, take the time because I need you to come back. So, you know, your hard work and the accountability, there's companies out there that offer stuff like that. So you're not stuck. Just remove yourself. If you don't feel invited and go to the but next do your one. homework ahead of time. Yes. Yeah, but you got the internet, and it's a powerful tool. I mean, you can Absolutely. look up. Absolutely. If you're not familiar with Glassdoor.com. Exactly. Go look at Glassdoor.com. I mean, it, you could screen these people right now. I mean, it, I could yes. look on here, get 10 people right now, and if somebody's having a bad thing, and you got to read between the lines and realize if they're bashing the company because they fucked up and got fired, or if they're just like, no, they legitimately uh, legitimately don't put out like port johns on a job for months or oh that used to be the worst sitting yeah. there you know at lunch or whatever and just listening to guys bash the company that they work for right and it's like do you understand that you are the company and and, and you're making if, a choice to be here right yeah, now yeah <laughs> i'm like you have the opportunity to make it better like you are the company you don't Stand up. And if you hate it that much, yeah, fucking leave. Exactly. Like, quit bitching oh, God, yeah. and do something about yep. it. Yep. Yeah, but everybody so, comes so complacent and they feel like they're stuck. And they get in this same routine yep. and it comes a habit. So then it starts a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's the what same I was going to say. people that they work with, you know, they, it's just a thing. You know you're going to be here this day. You're going to work X amount of hours with so-and-so. You're going to get the check by Friday so you could start your weekend and then hit repeat. Even though you hate Monday through Friday with this company, go to somewhere that you enjoy. Even yeah. if it even if it means take like a dollar less or two dollars less, whatever, or find something equivalent. I'd rather make a dollar less, even though you're losing money, and enjoy a fun-filled environment than sit there and try to make more money at something I just can't mm-hmm. stand to be around or the people. Well, and that's what I was going to say when you were when you were talking about how a lot of these companies are starting to recognize that they kind of have to give back. They can't just take advantage. Um, kind of going back to, to the individuals that are stuck in their rut. You know, when you're working your heads down and you've been at this company for however many years and and you're still making fairly shitty wages, but at the same time, they did something for me a while back. And it is easy to let the world kind of pass you by and yeah, maybe maybe five years ago, your employer did some fantastic thing for you. And here it is five years later, and you're like, no, they're still a pretty good employer because they did that. And then when you finally pick your head up, 
and you start looking around, you're like, wait a second here. Yeah. The entire industry is making $10 an hour more than I am. What the fuck? I couldn't imagine being in the position right now. Like, you know, you're making X and you've always, you've been 100% a go-getter for a company. And all of a sudden you see these new people coming in because they need them. And they're getting these $5,000 <laughs> sign-on bonuses, all that stuff. But you're higher, still making the higher shit wage. wages Absolutely. than what you are at because you Absolutely. never moved up. You know, instead of, and I, I, maybe they are giving incentives to some of the people that have stuck with it. I don't know, but I haven't heard any of that. No, no, no. You know, well, that, and that, goes, that creates a very hostile work environment. Well, you know, and that goes back to what I was saying. At the end of the day, the company's interests are the company's interests. Correct. Not not taking care it, of you, yep, Joe Blow. Yep. It's no. If we can keep Joe Blow at $15 an hour, yeah, we're gonna but we're going to hire the guys in at $20 yeah. an hour now. They ain't going to tell you that. Mm-mm. And they're not, they're certainly not yeah. going to boost you up because they just want to help you out. Yep. And we also, this is it. a prime time to absolutely you know, never be afraid to ask for a raise. Fuck never. No, you are, if you, if you contribute value to the company to the point that you are called in, they specifically seek you out for certain jobs. Yep. That right there tells you that they value you being with that company. Yep. Ask for a raise. Yep. And if they don't give it to you, yeah. start looking around. Yeah. And on that note, I did want to say, if you're not familiar with Glassdoor, uh, go on to the internet, search glassdoor.com. It is a review site for employers. So not only does it give you like real people who have been in that job, a lot of times you can search down to the position level. So you can search for, you know, ABC company as lead estimator. And it will have some lead estimator for ABC company that has, you know, since parted ways and said, hey, this is what I thought of the company. And like Rick said, you do have to sometimes. I was going to say, that's kind of like lines. Google reviews for a company. It's it, like, it oh, is. Jesus. You you know, gotta, it could be. Yeah, you got to read between the lines. But at the same time, there's some really valuable information yeah. there that you can pluck out and go, OK, so clearly this guy just had a beef. And when you go in for an interview, you have those in your back pocket. You ask those questions. So I'm an estimator or a laborer. Sure. Am I going to be a salesperson too on yep. top of the estimator? You know, I mean, I'm going to yeah. compile their with extra, extra things because I'm here to interview for X and a lot of times take on the world. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. a lot of times it'll give you a little window into kind of a wage range as well. Yep. And so that's kind of separate. Let's say that I'm working for a DZ company, which isn't a BC company, but I'm in a very similar position. Go look at. ADC company or whichever. Now I f- fucking confused myself. I like, I like the ADCB. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Go company, look at the other CLP, company yeah. that you're not working for. Go look at what they're paying, guys. Yep. Go look at your current company and see what they're paying, guys. Because, yep. again, that's where you're popping your head up and you're going, now what the fuck? Everyone that's made a review for my company for my position is making $20,000 a year more than I am. Yep. What's that about? Yep. That's where you go have a conversation with your employer and say, look. That's where negotiating skills. Absolutely. Come in. Hey, look, I, I recognize I bring value to this company. I, I don't think it's being too forward that I ask for a twenty thousand dollar a year raise. I think I really do bring value and I would appreciate being compensated for that. And depending on how they handle that, if they aren't gonna give it that to gives you, you, you answer know right you yeah, absolutely. The door is answer. open, walk the fuck walk out. Walk away. Do it in a way do it in a good way. You know, don't yep. end the meeting with fuck it, I quit. Yeah. But that's where you go home and you start putting out applications. You go secure another job where you are making that extra 20 grand. And then you say, hey, uh, I need to put in my two weeks notice. And I will say this as well. Just a a very, very good sound piece of advice from the white collar world. If that's when your company offers to give you that raise, do not stick at that company. Because right there, that tells you they are manipulating the system to keep your wages low so that they can benefit off of you. That's not a company you want to work for. Go to the other company. Yep. Well, and that's how you kind of set the bar with companies. I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that are just mediocre shit companies. Um, you got great mom and pop companies. You got the big companies that just have so much structure. You know, and that's when you go back to the foreman that's just flying off the handle. You know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff he doesn't even have a clear expectation, but he has enough knowledge and not getting enough help from the owners or you know, his boss kind of thing. So this guy's under a lot of pressure. And a lot of these companies, I mean, they have leaders that should take and hold themselves accountable first. I mean, they set clear expectations for the company in this task, whether you're on, you know, 
the pipe crew or you're moving land balance and dirt. I mean, they have clear expectations and deadlines and then they kind of have like a little bubble of air, you know, and they're, they're problem solvers. They don't just, they don't just walk away when there's an issue. They get right down to it, whether you don't have the right equipment or not, what's going on. I mean, you look for these companies that analyze and why they're so productive. And most of these companies, these people, I mean, are happy. They're getting provided the necessary resources you know, they're running around. They got smart goals. They're constantly providing data. They're consistently doing like feedback, having group meetings. You know, first thing in the morning, what I really enjoyed was we were working with like 150 people is we, we collaborated every morning yep. when we were stretching and flexing and yes. we, <laughs> and we talked, <laughs> and we talked about what was, what was going on for today, whether there was a safety issue or, you know, how everybody's kind of doing, which we want to get into detail of how everyone's doing, but if there's any problems on their job and like the elephant in the room, get it out and talk. And that's, you know, those are the companies that succeed and they're out there. And that's what some people really need to be looking for. Instead of just working for the shit company that like you were just talking about getting the pay raise and they should have gave it to you. Um, I, I worked for numerous companies that wouldn't, wouldn't give you a pay raise. And the only way I got my pay raise is if I said, Hey, I want a pay raise. And they're like, no, we're, we're not paying you no more money. I'm like, well, you know, that guy over there, he's, he's making about $6 more an hour than I am. Well, yeah, but you're not that guy. He has all the experience and knowledge and you're just, you know, you're three, four years deep into it. And I'm like, well, I seem to be working every Saturday and working my balls off and he ain't here because I'm the cheaper guy. And yep. being as productive, so I would, I'd go, well, fuck this. I'd quit, go right down the road and say, hey, you hire That me. is another thing, like, when it comes to, like, money, you know, on a job site. I used to hate when people, you know, I got to sit around all the trays, whatever, and you'd hear them. They all work for the same company, and they would share what they're making. And I'm just like, you, that's horrible. You never, like, there's a time and place to talk about pay and whatever, but it starts a catastrophic, you know, just landslide of it's not good, you know, in some senses. You yeah, know. it does. It does tend to start a shit storm. Now, I will say, <laughs> you know, no. it, it is a little bit the onus on the company that if there's that big of a wage discrepancy, yes, correct. You know what's going on there. Yep, you are clearly manipulating the system, and so that's where that can get out of control. But I, but there know, are certain guys that, yeah, maybe Absol- they're the same absolutely. title, yep. but they're not the same caliber. Yes. So caliber that's where, counts. yes. So yes. that's where, you know, I used to run into it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and, and me being a superintendent, I made X and, you know, there's guys that made double what I made. Sure. I knew personally that I was not worth that. You know, like, I, yeah, I should be making that, but, or I want to make that. Sure. But that just gave me a goal to, you know, strive for yeah if you can't you know, perform at the same level yeah. you don't get the same yep, pay exactly but you know then you find out that there's guys that are doing what you're doing and they're still stuck at the shit pay but they're happy and they're doing it i'm like you know there's a time and place to share how much you're making and sure. whatnot but it if it's in the wrong situation man it turns a job and a company upside down yeah you know really quick I will say, too, another point, kind of coming back to what we started this whole topic on, on, on having difficult conversations with what superiors. What were we talking about earlier? Yeah. <laughs> having difficult conversations with you. Yeah, Since right? you've only been a superior. Yeah. yeah. Motherfucking <laughs> yeah. totten. Motherfucking totten. You know, everybody, that every job I ran, I always got the shittiest, you know, in everybody else's eyes, the shittiest foreman, the shittiest trades. And you know what? I made them better. Or they're like, how are you? enjoying your day how are you getting these jobs and it's like well maybe you weren't running them properly absolutely or and you goes, weren't you weren't dealing with them properly and that's kind of where i was gonna trying to do earlier yeah you know just just now i'm having it they're, they're not <laughs> robots down though, again. Right? Done. <laughs> they're, human, you know, just, they're, hum, they're human beings with feelings they're not exactly robots yeah. to run them to yeah. the ground yeah. be a people person that's you know when you're a supervisor or foreman you have you, to take that role you have to have some sense of you know a heart or just a mindset that you're not there to just do the work. You're there to make sure the work goes on schedule, on budget. Everyone's happy. Everyone has what they need to do to get a job done in some sense. You know? Yeah, I will say in the trades, uh, 
it occurs to me a lot of times it feels like there's this mentality that as a as a, a superintendent or a foreman, the the role is viewed as more of the guy that cracks the whip. And in reality, yeah. it's not. No. It is you are someone who is there to coordinate and assist. Yep. Like you I, make sure that they have everything that they need. You make sure that the schedule's lined out. Yep. You're there to help. Yep. Correct. Like I, I was put in a position as a project manager for a big mechanical company. And, you know, we have all these guys in the field and some guys, we, we had like master plumbers that were 30 year vets that were not capable of running a job. They were capable of performing the work to a, the best, you know, to their the highest, the standards. highest standards. Yeah. Oh my God. But when it came to them running a job, it was, it was God awful. You know, it was the worst thing ever. And they just, they tanked. And it was always, everyone's like, why are they? It's like, well, you put the wrong person in charge. Two like different you can sets. have a dude that's just, you know, not a master, but they're good at talking, negotiating, uh, ordering stuff, just planning, put them in charge. You know, they're not going to be telling the guy what to do because he already knows what he's doing, but sure. they can communicate with the hierarchies and make a job run smooth, you know? So you got to, you got to select the proper person. You know, you can't just put somebody in that position, which a lot of them are put in that position. And then that's why they're miserable. You so, know? and and that's, you know, we're coming up, we're about 10 minutes out from an hour. So I don't want to dive down the leadership. That's a, yeah. that, in fact, we'll add that to our topics to talk about, but leadership in the trades, um, a good leader is not necessarily someone who has mastered the craft of whatever they are yep. are overseeing. A good leader is someone who is able to motivate people and then make sure that they have everything they need and that they are they are uh, setting their people up to perform at the highest level possible without any hiccups. Yep. And your job is to take care of the hiccups. Yep. So, well, like I said, that's a that's yeah. a topic Sorry. for a dog. Yeah. You're good. That's good. But that's that's how I dealt with people. You know, absolutely. I was like, I would I would see that, and I'm like, you're not suited for this position. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, and not in a mean way. And yeah, they'd but, be like, no shit, I don't want to be here, but I'm in charge of these yeah, forty dudes. That's what happens in the trades. So you how you present yourself, yeah. how you come, and that 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 right there, they put the right person in the position, and then you know what, you have a a happy job site again, yeah. a happy crew. Yep. You know, and it just took just taking a look back. Picking the the beast and you know fix fixing it. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Rick? You know, but just being one of those guys out there with the confrontation, you know, if you're missing deadlines and you're repeatedly making mistakes and your quality of work just isn't up to par, I mean, you know, you're creating anxiety and a lack of trust throughout your um, employer and your foreman and your team. So. You're not you're not going to be at the same pay as the next guy, you know. How are you How are you going to pay somebody equivalent to your higher higher paid employee when you're constantly making mistakes and you're hitting you're missing the deadlines, you know? And the lack of trust just isn't there. You're just not sweating through and busting your ass and getting it out. So when you go have that conversation, it's not going to be all warm and fuzzy. I mean, so. You know, these people are under pressure with the deadlines and stuff. And you want to talk about like a hostile um, environment. I've been in a couple of these meetings and whatnot with employers and employees and Owners you know, the and general everybody. contractor dude. And it it's like a ass whooping kind of conversation when it comes down the line and it starts cracking. So, you know, that's what you got to start just realizing the conversations that you're getting into you know, and why these people are pissed and ticked. Everyone just really has a job that needs to be done. And that's, everyone's trying to just be held accountable. So you can't just fly off the handle and, you know, start lashing out at people. You got to start being a human being and take a look at what's going on and why are they acting like this or what can I do better? And, you know, be a problem solver, be a solution to the problem, not the other way around. So one other point I did want to bring up, uh, and this is like my second or third time to try to bring it up, and then we get sidetracked again. <laughs> well, let's forget about it and move on. Yeah, exactly. Let's just move forward. But no, um, one point I did want to bring up is uh, kind of going back to our original topic of of having these conversations. Uh, it is important to recognize, too, in a smaller company, you're obviously very limited. There's only a certain number of crews that you can be on, and sometimes you're just fucked that you're going to be with the superintendent that's an asshole, and you have to deal with it, or the best of it. you move on. 
But another thing to keep in mind is if you are at a larger company, uh, if you have obviously put in the time and put in the effort to make it work with someone and it is not working, there is nothing wrong with going to HR and saying, look, it's not working. I can't work with this guy. I'm going to have to either go someplace else or you're going to have to put me on a different crew. I know when I was with Dan's, that was a relatively common occurrence for us to have some, you know, individuals shuffled around simply because of conflicts with whoever their foreman was. Uh, and eventually everyone kind of settles in and and you've got a crew that, you know, yeah, the foreman's you got an your asshole. Team. But yeah, you got a team, but you know, foreman's a little bit of an asshole, but we all you deal with it. You fire back at him. Yeah. You know, that, that one superintendent comes to mind. Once we kind of ironed our shit out, I worked for the guy for two years and we, you know, we'd still have some headbutts, but... It wasn't him drilling me into the ground every day. That was a that was a bearable workplace. I was yep. fine. I was happy there. Um, but just know that that is also an option to you, and and it's not some sort of sign of defeat. It's not you tucking your tail, uh, and there's no cowardice there. If it's not fucking working with the superintendent or a foreman, don't be afraid to go to HR and say, "Look, I need to move crews. We got some personal conflict going on. It's killing my productivity. It's it's killing the job's productivity." You know, can I get on another crew? And nine times out of ten, they're more than happy to move you. If the company's large enough. If the company's large enough, that is typically key. It's, yeah, the, typically, a, a, you know, when I was at Dan's, that was a, we we'd had three hundred. There was people. an HR person, uh, absolutely or group. Yeah, yep, that's, a, absolutely. that's a bigger company, but yeah, you know, if you're not improving and for some reason you're you're sitting there putting in your time and you're seeing other employees go by, you know, up the food chain and you've been putting in your time. You know, maybe it is time to leave the company. Um, you know, if the company's moving towards like a bad future and you could see the shipwreck with the wrong boss, his son that's taken over, you know, or you don't respect your boss, you know, maybe maybe you should leave. You're you sometimes you're not gonna fit the culture of what's going on and you're not that passionate about the work that you're doing no more. And well and that's that that's when you need to recognize and say this isn't for me no more and I'm going to embrace doing? and change and it's okay. And that's an important topic that you, as you were starting to say what you were saying, I, that's exactly where I went with it. It is important to have the hard conversation with yourself because this whole podcast is kind of geared towards the superintendent or the foreman being the problem. But there is very much a conversation that needs to happen with yourself looking in the mirror of, am I the problem? And you need to be honest with yourself because if you're not honest with yourself, the only person you're doing damage to is yourself. Uh, if you think you are just the cat's ass, you know everything, this superintendent's a fucking idiot, yet, like Rick was saying, you continue to watch other people bypass you. Uh, I, I got news for you. That's that's You're the problem there, buddy. What are yeah. you doing wrong? What do you yeah. need to fix? What do you need to do different? I mean, if, if you're... If you're sitting there and you're just like, what is going on? Why am I not getting the pay? Why am I not working the extra overtime or getting put on the better crew? That's the problem solving crew. And you're feeling like your skills are kind of underused, you know, and you're not, you're not performing the way that you did at another company. And you know, you're kind of like sitting there in the reserve tank and you have more to offer. If they're not giving you that chance, that's not a healthy environment for you as an individual and employee to be there. There's no opportunity for growth in this situation. And I mean, that's where the ethics of a company and yourself, you need, you need to question and you need to start value you know, put in value at what you bring. And sometimes change is what needs to happen for you to shine because they, there might be somebody that's a long-term employee. If you're in a smaller company, that's going to fill that seat for a very long time. And there's nothing wrong with being behind him and being the filling guy or whatever, but sometimes you need to make that move so you can shine and be a long-term employee elsewhere. And sometimes that's an overwhelming feeling is when you're sitting there behind somebody so good and it's great because you need to learn a lot of stuff and kind of shadow that guy. That's when you also need to go, Hey, I'm ready to make a better wage for myself and my family. And I'm ready to start putting, you know, the service in and build my name in the construction trade itself. And that's, that's when you need to realize and ask this stuff, is it fulfilling you? Is this what you want to do? And it's a work-life balance. 
So another thing that came that comes to mind is uh, just through that whole conversation and and Mr. Totten, if you want to just back me up on this and, and give me your thoughts, um, there is nothing wrong. I, you know, again, going back to communication in the trades, let's say you are in a situation where, you know, you've been in a company for five years, you've watched multiple people pass you by, uh, you're not getting where you want to be. There is... I would go beyond saying there's nothing wrong with, I would encourage you to talk to your foreman, talk to your superintendent and, um, and actually sit down. Don't, don't walk over to the truck and say, Hey, let's have a quick conversation in the middle of a big job. But instead I'd say, Hey, Hey Matt, uh, if you got, if you got 10 minutes at the end of the day here, can we, can I just have a conversation with you? I got some stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. And absolutely, most nine times out of ten, I would, four I would either say, "Hey, I don't have time tonight." Sure, but hey, how about this? Let's, I'll grab some coffee, some donuts. We'll meet in my trailer, and let's go, <laughs> let's go over this. You know, whatever you have on your mind. Yeah, and so right there is an opportunity. If you do that, there is an opportunity where you can sit down with your foreman, and this, in this, sweet Jesus, I can't talk. In this circumstances, you know, it's math. Uh, when Matt and I have an opportunity to sit down where we're not under a ton of pressure, we're not trying to get a bunch of shit down done on the job, that's a perfect opportunity for me to sit down and say, hey, Matt, here's the deal. Uh, I do really like what I'm doing. I, I like being in the trades. I like doing you know this particular job. But I've noticed that I've gotten passed over a handful of times. And I've got the goal of, and I'm just going to keep it geared towards the dirt world because I'm a dirt mm-hmm. guy. Look, I, I want to eventually become a foreman. And I've noticed four or five other people get that position before me, even though they started on the crew after me. What am I doing wrong? What could I be improving on? What's going to get me there? The trades, for whatever reason, communication is so piss poor. We don't do that enough. Instead, we get pissed off and I go, fuck Matt. He's an asshole. He's passed me over three times. I'm going down the road. Or Matt never relayed that to the person above him that made those decisions. And that could be too. And those people that maybe moved up, jumped over that hurdle, Matt or whomever, Yep, and went to the next person to say, hey, this is what I need. And then they... They moved up, but you never I've had know. That ha- yeah, unless you, ha- unless you have you, that conversation. Exactly. So you 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 have to be able to be open. Yes, and it's it's not easy. It's not. You know, and, but it, uh, that's where I would really encourage people. Like we're in the trades, we suck at communicating. Let's all collectively acknowledge that. Yep. Now, what do we do with it? Start communicating. Yep. So if you've been passed over, if you're not progressing the way you want to, have that conversation with your superior. Yep. And if they and if are, it doesn't go anywhere from there, then exactly. Reevaluate, and if there's anybody above them, have a conversation. Talk with them, absolutely. And if it doesn't go anywhere there, get the fuck get out, out yep. and find a new place. One hundred percent. But it, you know, I it just—it just makes me sit here, man. I almost started laughing just a second ago. That you guys, you just totally cut me off. I did, <laughs> I did. But you guys almost got me over here laughing. Oh, you're at there, Rick. What's going on with it? With the total lack of communication, just set the mood for a second. If you notice like some of the carpenters out there that are just out there framing the houses and the lack of communication, these guys are so good at their job and with their hands. And yet they got the job site just blaring. And then you just see like the new guy, the new labor out there that's just running around with his ass off. Cause he can't even communicate with these guys and he's not even understanding. And they're not even taking the steps to help this young man even understand what he's doing. And they're just, pointing and harassing and you just talk about like the lack of communication you just hear that freaking radio blaring like you're just supposed to know it just made it just popped like right in my head as you guys are going on no that is that is another big problem on the job site and and that's where you know you can take it again going kind of down the one of two roads that typically get taken and 90 percent of the time it's the road of fuck you guys i've quit yeah instead i you know again i'd encourage you know, this is where I would actually say to the young guys, hold the old guys accountable. At the end of the day, say, look, I like doing this work and I'd love to work with you guys. But the way we're handling this right now, I don't know what I'm doing. No one's willing to help me out. I, I can't go forward like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love for one of you guys to bring me alongside and show me what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing because I don't mind working. 
And if they laugh you off the job, fuck them. That's where you're yeah. totally justified. Go down the road and fuck those guys. Yep. But if you call them out on it, there's a good chance at least one of those guys is going to go, you know what, That it, we are kind of being assholes. All right, I'll help you out tomorrow. And you may see that that crew totally changes their tone because you didn't quit, which again, this kind of gets into the the trades and how we haze. And it's it's one of the cultural things that needs to change over time. But there is a hazing uh, period where you do kind of just chuckle at the new guy and and you Don't know get the three foot three foot Hemingway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you know you. I you think just, Matt was about to say a three way. <laughs> well, that's what we're having right now. <laughs> Set but the no, mood. Set the mood. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is one of those situations where if you turn around and put the onus on them of hey hey you guys are being assholes, I'm willing to fight through this if you'll help me. You may see that 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 whole job site dynamic changes, and now all of a sudden, you're part of the crew, and you're clicking with them, and you may find yourself part of the family, and that ends up being a long term job. Versus, had you just said, or you're learning, absolutely, finally learning. Yeah, but had you taken the mindset of "fuck these guys, I'm going down the road," you could have missed out on a on a huge opportunity there. So again, just going back, communication in this industry. It needs to improve on so many levels. There's nothing wrong with having conversations. That's not a bitch move. Yeah. It is it is genuinely effective. But so many people are just like, fuck it. You know, let yep. the let the attitude run and let the the temper fly and they're off down the road. And then, you know, you never you never learn. Yeah. Not to go backwards or add to this, you know, because we've been going for a while, but oh, let's do it. I, I had an electrician electrical company on one of my giant job sites and it was a summer job it was a school so it had to be done and it was going so south because they just threw bodies and as a foreman he was he was like dude this job's not gonna get done no one knows what the fuck they're doing so one kid asked him one day what is this part that you're trying to tell me so he took on his lunch break he took the whole crew to the van to the trailer and sat there and literally showed everybody what the tool was what the part what it did you know did a training for everybody and by the end of that week everybody was on the same page and then he had a freaking the a perfect fine-tuned motor to run the rest of the job and the summer went great and we killed it but you know like just taking that time like one laborer asked him a question he's just like, i'm so fucking fed up with this i don't have the guys and then i'm sitting there trying to calm him down over the couple weeks and then Finally, he just took it upon himself. He's like, you know what? I'm doing a training at lunch on my time, not the company's time. Yeah. And finally, you know, that was, you know, how do you approach a bad situation? How he made, you know, he did it after he was asked so many times and did it and sat there and trained everybody, you know, and then it just, it worked. It was a fine tuned motor again. And this ultimately, I think we need to do a podcast at some point here. I think we need to get a guest on to kind of, kind of fill it out, but we need to do a podcast on what effective leadership looks like because that is one thing that the trades just sucks at. The way the trades is, is you get promoted because you did a great job running a bulldozer. You get promoted because, goddamn, you can frame a house like nobody nobody's business. Yep. You can wire a fucking house. You can plumb a fucking house. We're going to promote you to being a foreman. That's not how fucking leadership works. You don't... You, you're not automatically a great leader because you've mastered a craft yeah. and you can do it better than anyone else. It is a totally different skill set. And it is, yeah, it's, it's nine times out of 10, the guys that master the crafts, the reason they're so good at doing that craft is because they put their head down, they know how to bust their ass and they know how to do this one thing. Leadership is totally different. Yeah. Like we talked about, it's you're, you are there as a resource for your people. You're not a crack the whip guy. Yeah. You don't sit there and scream because because the apprentice totally fucked up this whole run of pipe when really you should have been looking over their shoulder knowing that they were an apprentice. You should have spent extra time there. Like this is, you know, like I said, this is a totally different topic for another yeah. podcast. But yeah, that I is I actually have a huge. book in the backseat of my truck on leadership on a construction site. Maybe we should just read it. I think so. <laughs> like it's great. Out loud, we'll do a series of podcasts. I, I did a whole leadership uh, conference uh, with the union when I was at as a project manager. They sent me with all my foremen to a leadership conference. What's your book's name? Do you know? I'm not sure what it's called. Leadership. Yeah. Matt Totten, Totten, by Matt motherfucking Totten. Yep. <laughs> it's in the backseat of my the truck. The soothing tones. My daughter reads it when she's in her car seat. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's how she's so good at bossing you oh, around. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> she is a leader. Well, we're, uh, we're, I mean, we're right over an hour. This is a perfect wrap up spot because like, yeah, everything we're getting into now is, is future podcast here. From here on out, we will have our shit together. Yeah. This has been an interesting evening. Like it, I said, it we started were off with a bang though. Top fell in a swamp. So I that's did. true. That yeah. is true. He's just it was actually bobbled. a river. Yeah. It was a river. And it was oh. not near my van. Yeah. No, we were fighting technical issues tonight. Matt had a huge long day included, you know, that included falling in a lake. So, you know, a river. We'll do better Fucking next river. time. God damn. <laughs> not Whatever, a swamp, Matt. Not a lake. Your story. <laughs> Your story. So, Swamp donkeys everywhere. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, head over to dieselandironproductions.com. Hit the podcast tab. Uh, you can find us over there. Feel free to uh, drop us a message. You guys have a great evening, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode Thanks, of Swipe Your Iron.